Formerly, formerly, formerly straight. straight. Welcome to Formerly Straight. I'm Moose. And I'm Sloan. And today, it's hot. It's 107 degrees in Los Angeles, at least where I live. It was it was 107 or more where I'm at, too. So any extraneous noise you hear is for our own comfort so that we're not yeah. dying of a heat stroke. Yeah, if you hear a fan or something in the background, it's not a fly buzzing near your ear. It's just our makeshift AC, you know. Climate change. It's um, real. It's, it's hard. It's out here. <laughs> we're experiencing it. What can we do? Well, I saw something interesting. I heard something interesting this week. Oh, what? There's this artist called like Marcy. He's like a UK drill rapper. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I got his name wrong, but something like that. And he has a lyric in one of his songs called Doja that came out recently. Okay. And the line is like, how could I be homophobic? My bitch is gay. It's giving, it's low-key giving internalized homophobia for me, I think. Why? In the sense that, like, I feel like he, this person is saying that in retaliation to people calling him homophobic. And he's like, similarly to how people are like, I can't be homophobic. I have gay friends. And it's like, <laughs> maybe like look inward. <laughs> I realize that like your behavior can be seen as homophobic regardless of how the people in your life identify, you know? Yeah, no, I, I see that. And further down, he says, um, tell my bros, I love them, but I don't swing that way. No, just no, like no. really OD on the not being gay part. Kind of how we were saying, in our episode last week about no homo yeah that was one of the derogatory terms we were discussing yeah but no homo it 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 was it's giving like like that vine where it's like dude sitting in a hot tub five feet apart because they're not gay exactly like that's what it's giving for me i feel like no homo used unironically feels wrong feels but was it in the song was it ironic i think in the song it kind of goes and i was reading some comments and just seeing what other people thought about it and i think there was definitely some sarcasm and stuff but it was like this lyric is truly inspiring or like you know obviously joking i don't know if you've seen like those sorts of comments on like YouTube or yeah 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 where they're like um, thank you so much Ariana Grande for making me have a good day today <laughs> like uh, my day is only good because you released music and now I can breathe like <laughs> stuff like that yeah uh, I think it's just like hyper masculinity and feeling like having to drive home the idea that he wouldn't do anything with a guy because he's not gay he's he's a man but he so what was that line about about like his bitch is gay is that what he said yeah i think it's problematic in foundation because it'd be like 
guys who are homophobic but want to see women kissing for their pleasure. Oh, so yes. so me thinks that like oh. I'd have to have a conversation with him and see. Do you say gay rights for me? <laughs> <laughs> if you won't say gay rights, then then it's homophobic. If he, mm. I I think that. I could see how like straight men could like find their themselves in that lyric like oh my god like straight I'm men ally. don't need that lyric to be finding themselves they have enough places in which they can find themselves and they don't need to be identifying in songs like that I but <laughs> but I do think it's interesting to like think about what it's gonna take to get people to be more open in a hyper-masculine yeah. situation like rap. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think we discussed this a little bit, and I, it was our, I think, third episode, but people like Lil Nas X in the rap R&B community, and, like, I mean, Lil Nas X isn't even necessarily all rap anymore. I feel like a lot of his stuff is, like, pop, more pop-leaning. But, like, having visibility within people like that I think will definitely make people more open yeah I do I think it's an opening door sort definitely. of definitely regardless mm. of how regardless of how well it's gonna fit into what we really like it it makes me think about the cancellation of student loan debt and how we didn't get all of it canceled but <laughs> <laughs> we got like 20 and 10 we'll right? take the bare minimum we'll take yeah. it <laughs> it's giving like if this is where you're at with it we can go from there. We can go from there. Should we be expecting more, though? I don't think it's wrong to expect more. I, I do expect more. I hope for more. But if we're just gonna not even give them the time of day because they said something that's, like, controversial, but is it coming from a good place? I mean, I feel like we could really get in, into it, and I don't know if I want to right now because we have other things to discuss, but about the straight men who are like no homo no homo but then like think it's so hot when women yeah. are physical with each other like yeah. i have words about that but yeah. like i any straight men i am expecting more okay yeah that lyric goes hard i want to i want to discuss and analyze but like i'm not identifying i'm not like for sure my guy you know right. what i mean yeah <laughs> Yeah, he's not coming to pride with that mouth. Uh -uh. No. Oh, I wanted to ask you, Ashley. Actually, how was DTLA Pride? It was good. I almost went deaf because I was way too close to the speaker. At least yeah. that's how it felt. But Big Frida was popping. Um, it was good vibes. I didn't get there until like eight, so I just saw like Big Frida's performance. Nice. And then just like danced around. They had like inflatable unicorns and Love there was it. food yeah it was really cute it was just like a gay a gay event not in pride to remind you pride is all year long it is that's what i found out like you asked if it was like postponed or was yeah. it always scheduled during this time it was always scheduled to be in honestly August. i love that yeah like queer events all year long within yeah. the community yeah and it was dtla proud not dtla oh. pride so that i think you know insinuates that it's not just about pride yeah yay 
I'm glad you had a good time. Yeah. I feel I feel like I was very I came down heavy on that lyric that you just expressed. I didn't I didn't mean to come down heavy. I, feel I like just you were speaking your truth on it. You were, I, I was. I'm just coming from a different place. Like I yeah. I'm not like Neither because one of us because is I'm wrong. like as a woman who is attracted to women, mm-hmm. I'm just like, uh, like the straight men that think that's hot. I have some like let's discuss like where is that coming from? The straight men that think that's hot and then are like, I'm not gay though. Mm-hmm. Like I I. But I think if you related to like comedy and people making a joke that's really funny but controversial Mm. that lyric is that and everything he says after like i should honestly look more into him but i really just heard that lyric and like watched one video and was like this is so interesting and people were people like in the comments no one was like he's homophobic blah 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 they were like wow this lyric is awesome or yeah like they were really enjoying it so i thought that was cool that people wanted to see the positive aspect of it but i don't know what he's out here doing or yeah or how he's respecting women and what he really means by that like is he straight i don't know i would assume based off his lyricism yeah i think it would be interesting to like look into like if he's straight or if he's a queer man and is just like playing on the Stereotypes. stereotypes of a straight man i gotta say when i watched the video and it wasn't everything giving else, looking like a straight man <laughs> <laughs> but who am i who am i but should we get into this queer news alert the queer our our recap queer recap of news alerts <laughs> our this is going to be a short recap on last week's episode because we've learned some more about derogatory terms that have generally been in queer spaces that we'd like to discuss. Yeah, and that term specifically is cunt, Sloane's favorite. My fave. And I was watching Legendary season three, fantastic. And they just so happened to like give the history and definition of cunt in ballroom scene Mm -hmm. before one of the episodes, because I think one of the challenges or one of the ball themes was giving cunt and soft and feminine Mm -hmm. and i know when we were chatting about it last time we were just talking about what how we felt about cunt was cunt reclaimed and they Mm -hmm. say it in australia and the uk but cunt has it sounded like always been used positively in the ballroom scene and i think that's probably why it is um so used in drag as well and that it just is like it can mean like soft feminine and just like being cunty like it kind of speaks for itself in a way and i just thought that was such a good thing to bring up to just be like that's definitely reclaimed and in a way was never bad like if anything it's like other it took on negative meaning in a complete it's like the same thing but went on two different evolutionary paths and just one inherently it was positive and for the other it it wasn't so yeah well i think that's interesting though because it seems like those two evolutionary paths like one of them was probably brought more into like the straight space and one of them was continued to be in the queer space Mm -hmm. and the straight space made it negative because it had to do with 
women and femininity. And femininity. Okay, like... And that just goes <laughs> to show that if you give queer people something, we know what to do with it. Exactly. We know what to do with cunts. Here's, here's the thing that... that, that we'll, we'll get into this in, like, literally two minutes. Um, the amount of hatred that is just, like, directed towards women, it truly is mind-blowing it it just like it makes me so upset and it just it's it's mind-blowing to me i i just don't under understand it at all because like i love women and i just think they're like amazing people and i'm just like why why be a hater like it just doesn't make sense to me you know i agree yeah maybe we'll dig in I'd, I'd love to do an episode where we dig into where the hatred from women comes from. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where the hatred of women and femininity, like where it stems from historically. Yeah. And how and sure. how it's evolved through the ages. Yeah. And how it's irrespective of gender, sexuality. It's just that essence that people have an issue with. Masculine presences have an issue with femininity. Yeah. And, and I mean, full circle, I feel like bring it back to that lyric that you were talking about how am i homophobic if my bitch is gay exactly a question yep yeah <laughs> well damn i feel recapped we does commenced mean finish <laughs> or start because i want to say commenced literally all the time and i'm like does that mean it's gonna start commencement was at the end yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Everything's eternal, slow. Okay, rehab commenced. Boom. So today is a special episode because we have on our very first guest. They are a friend of mine and Moose's. Please welcome Morgan. Morgan. How's it going, Morgan? You know, it's going. Good. Yeah. Morgan, if you wouldn't mind, could you tell us your pronouns and how you identify? Yes. Uh, these days, I am leaning more towards they, them, but I want to make a point. Um, not in the, like, let's create a third gender and assimilate everybody kind of way, but more in the we need to tear the whole system down kind of way. Mm -hmm. So I've been seeing a lot of debate about this recently on the TikTok. Oh, I so love I this. I just to come in and say that. Okay, yes. Uh, but I'm queer in both sexuality and gender. Great. Yeah. Thank you. I met Morgan freshman year of college. The gag is that we were all in a music fraternity and Morgan was my little. Oh my God. <laughs> and that is how I met Morgan. And then our friendship has just flourished from there. But one thing I wanna say really quickly is that before when I was talking about how people hate women, me and Morgan <laughs> had a really special experience that right before COVID started, we were walking back from dinner and I was sobbing because I was like, I just don't understand how this country hates women so much. Mm -hmm. And Morgan got to, got to 
yeah, front row seat that. to my to my breakdown. Uh, no, not a breakdown. <laughs> it was fair. Yeah, it's a fair question. Yeah, and I like really appreciate how I mentioned like it's the whole like femininity thing. Mm-hmm. Like, so I being gender queer as well. I don't like to really be perceived either way. I like to be perceived as like in the middle, like you can't pin me down. But more often than not, like I am perceived as a woman. And recently, some men have had some audacity because of it. What and kind? I'm just like, it's made me like. What are they doing? They are out here. Okay, so the first one happened, I was driving. And this man comes up behind me, like beeps the horn. And I was like, Oh, it's fine. Like people be beeping their horn in LA all the time. So I was like, whatever. And then he pulls up next to me and is like, roll your window down, roll your window down. And I was like, no. Well, I was like, oh, my <laughs> tail light must be out. He's telling me something informative and helpful. Wrong. I was wrong. He looked me dead in the eyes. He sat there for a second and then he went, you're driving like a brat. What is, what, what, what does that even mean? That's the question that the I ask myself as well because I wasn't even driving. Like, okay, I'm not the best driver in the world, but I wasn't particularly driving poorly in that moment. And I was just like, and I'm horrible and I wish I was better at like clapping back, but I really went, okay, and rolled my window <laughs> up. <laughs> but then I remember thinking for the rest of my drive, like, damn, I bet you a million dollars if I was a man, he would not have said that to me. 100% not. not. At all. No. Not at all. No, <sighs> because masculine energy is wary of masculine energy i feel like and the the dominance uh equation for them becomes way more complicated but if they perceive someone to be of feminine Mm -hmm. energy or to be a woman then they're like well let me go assert my dominance and be a dick yeah were they bald they were bald (laughs) i bet (laughs) (laughs) that's such a funny detail to think about but yeah (laughs) It made me think. They sound bald. They sound oh upset about God. other things. They sound upset about other things. What kind of car were they driving? Oh, convertible. Stop. A brat. Baby, you're in the drop top. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> and then it just made me angry. And I was like, huh. And then, like, I that swear would to God. That would piss me off for oh, yeah. the rest of the, the well, drive. Well, the gag, I internalized it. Yeah. And I was like, am I? Oh, my God. Am I Gaslighting driving? yourself. Gaslighting myself about it. And then I was like. No, because if I wasn't oh, like being perceived as a woman in that moment, he wouldn't have said shit to me. Exactly. So I need to stop pretending yeah. like, oh my God, I need to be better at driving. No, I'm no. fine at driving. I'm not the worst driver in LA. I don't need to like amp my game up there. It's fine. Do yeah. I hit stuff? Yes. <laughs> Is it okay? Yes. Nobody's, nobody's getting injured. No. Just my car. Just, just to add to the car and maybe not being the best at it. <laughs> Uh, I received a note on my car mm-hmm. in due to my parking in my parking space. Insane. And it said, note. please park properly. I've gotten a very similar note. And I was like, are you telling me you could have just waited for me to just park normally? Because I normally do. But I guess I just right. pulled in a little too close to their side. And were you within your line? Were you on your side of, your, so, of the line? Interesting setup we have here. Okay. There is two lines. And so there becomes what? a rectangular ah. area that is like a gray zone. Okay. And I was in the gray zone. Oh. So okay. Oh, I understand I'm what you're saying. I'm not saying they were wrong in saying I should park properly because, you know, I really wasn't. But I don't know. Did you I, need to write a note? I didn't it? need the note. Right. I feel like I knew and I was just going to fix it. 
but I get it. They, they're like, I don't want to see this happening again. But anyway, oh my god, it's it's like they didn't call me a brat. They weren't like, I mean, they essentially called me a faggot. They were like, you suck at driving. <laughs> <laughs> but they didn't do all like if you're gonna do it, that's the way to do it. To be yeah. like, they didn't put an exclamation point. They didn't like do anything. They were just like, please park properly. Facts. Why are they calling you a brat? That is just yeah. That like it's it's more than it. It was just giving much. like, hey, I want to fuck with this little girl. Like that's it's really too much. It's yeah. too much. And then not a week later, not a week later, and this was during Pride Month, so I was feeling particularly like attacked. But my friend and I had we had a very lesbianic night that evening. We were at an all girls Pride Jam in the beginning of the evening, and then we went to a G Flip concert. And I don't know if y'all know about G Flip, but G Flip is Australian. G Flip and Lauren Sanderson have a song called yes. Tongue Tied, I think. They performed it at that night. They were there too. An amazing song. So I am familiar with Tree Flip, but I, yes. I didn't, I don't know what they're. So they're non-binary and, you know, all the LA lesbians were there that night. It was just that kind of, Fletcher was there, that kind of vibe. Wow. Like all the lesbians were there. And then we went back to the um, all pride lady jam. I mean, all girl pride lady jam, whatever it was. And um, went and got drinks with some more, you know, queer women. And then we went to get tacos at a taco truck. And that was our mistake. We should have just gone to Taco Bell. And this man, well, first this, this man comes up to us and is like, hey, I need directions to the gym. And we were like, happy to help. So we were You've like, never been to the gym? Well, he was walking to <sighs> the gym. That's normally his, a thing his people do. Oh, okay. His phone died. He was walking to the gym. I don't know why It'd he was walking like to the that. gym in the middle of the night, but you know, um, that was, that's not for me to know. I don't, you know, I'll give you directions. My working hours are not your working hours. Right. My gym hours are not your gym hours. Well, gag, the gym was like a 30-minute drive from where we were. The gym we was trying to walk to. <laughs> I was like, this poor guy. But then this man comes over. And we were already talking to a man. With the like, same no one? No, different man. Different, different. He comes over with his energy and is just like, is this guy bothering you, ladies? Get out of here. And we were just like, in that moment, like, can you not like we're helping him he'll leave and we just want to get our tacos so then he just won't stop relentless and then finally my friend just is like i'm trying to get tacos please leave me alone which period and then so he like minds his business and then we get up to the taco stand apparently he was with his friend and this guy turns around and is like is this guy bothering you and it was really just like the blind punch for that one i was like can we just stop talking to us and that's what my friend said she was like i really just want a fucking taco please get out of my face and so we get our taco. She's like putting her salsas on. And this man, I see him make the decision in his brain, you know? Like he was, yeah. he was wrestling with it. And I see him make the decision. And he said, So, tying this back into what you were talking about earlier. So, why are you a little cunt? <gasps> to you specifically? No, to my friend. Oh. Because I was silent because in moments like that, I am just, I can't be, I can't be arguing with people. <laughs> I'm just going to let them say what they need to say and then I'm going to walk away and like. Mm-hmm. Walk away knowing that I have just avoided a situation. Yeah. My friend, however, was fed up and she like got into it with this guy. And like the things he said were just clearly trying to protect himself and his masculinity in that moment. Cause she fired back and was like, I'm actually not being a kind of, you're being an asshole and you're really just like she was just spitting truth like you are out here feeling dejected and your masculinity has been shattered because I refuse to talk to you and we I was like period facts but he gets in her face and it's like threatening to throw salsa in her face <gasps> and then he brings me into the conversation for no reason because I was really trying to get my friend to leave I was like all right let's go like 
I do not want to end up in either the ER or the police station tonight because it's going one of those ways. And he points at me and goes, oh, you need to stand up in front of your little girlfriend. I don't even want her pussy. She's ugly. And I, in that moment, I wound up to smack his little burrito out of his hand. And then I had to stop myself because I am calm. And I said, I, in the I made the decision. I was like, nope, nuh-uh, because that's an ER or the police station if this gets out of hand. So they're still going at it. I walk away because I was like offended. <laughs> and then this woman, praise God, she pulls up and is like, hey, is everything okay? She was literally an angel. She pulled up, she saved us because she was like, yeah, I was worried because it looked like it was going really, really heavy. Mind you, she was just driving by. Oh my God. She was like, it looked like it was getting really intense and I just didn't want anything to happen to y'all. Cause my friend like went over and was like, thank you so much. And then we, we drove away. But I have thought about that literally ever since. And I shake every time, anytime I talk about it. Cause I'm just like, I don't know if it's rage or I think it's rage. That's absolutely <laughs> insane. No, that's fucked up. That's so. I'm sorry that bananas. happened. And both of those situations have made me be like, just like as a gender queer person, just like. I wish people would just perceive me the way I wanted to be perceived. Yeah. 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 And there's nothing wrong. Like, I love my femininity. I'm embracing it, which is actually how I came to, like, the genderqueer. Yeah. Not diagnosis. <laughs> <laughs> but identity. Because I embrace both my masculine and my feminine. And I'm yeah. feeling very oscillating between the two. So I have no yeah. tea about it. It was just, like, in those moments, it was just, like. People just really uh, don't even be saying things like right. that. Can you just stop? exactly like, and like that was stop. that was the whole sentiment that you guys were trying to tell him is like just shut the fuck Literally, up like walk away. you don't we just don't need to be conversing yeah. just stop and like those two stories alone from your experience you've already been called a brat like someone else is called a cunt they're talking about the punani like they have right. the right and calling you a hurtful name too like bye bye, bye. <laughs> to ew i know disgusting disgusting so leave people alone when they're getting their tacos right mind your business mind your business just wanted to tie what y'all are talking about in no i i some experiences that have thank you for sharing recently. this is a safe space yeah. so I'm, I'm glad you shared and i think hearing your story anyone else who has dealt with that is it doesn't make it better but it's like it makes you know that there's like a community in which other people like you're can not understand. alone exactly yeah, you could relate and then maybe talk about talk about it i don't know yeah not to switch so suddenly <laughs> but <laughs> but to come what? back to the moose do you want to discuss how yeah. you know morgan yes oh God, of yes. course <laughs> i do i love this story so we definitely met before this night but i always credit this experience as like us becoming like friend friends and it was freshman year as well we were in morgan's suite in morgan's room specifically and morgan was just consuming beverages <laughs> and one of the beverages the beverage mm -hmm. gutter wine mm -hmm. iconic <laughs> and morgan why don't you tell why don't you tell everyone what gutter wine is so gutter wine is grape juice. I like Welch's grape juice, but any grape juice and vodka. You Lit. know, wine. Wine, because there's <laughs> there are grapes present. Excuse, put it in a wine glass. It, it wasn't in a wine glass, but you don't you don't have to drink wine in a wine glass. But anyway, I don't know. It was just 
it was doing what needed to be done. It right. was giving. And I just had never had that before, especially being a freshman and just like the cute little name, like Gutterwine. Anyway, so from there on, we just started hanging out more and becoming really good friends and having really awesome experiences. I love that Gutterwine is what brought us together. <laughs> <laughs> it's giving, it's giving, like that's the energy that had been moving forward was gutter wine yes turned into like dr pepper bottles with the vodka or whatever on the way to tiger heat oh yes like gravity bonging (laughs) like like that was like fine like the amount of gravity bong hits that we Mm -hmm. would do in general but then also like before going to tiger heat insane (laughs) insane so yeah but so that's how we met and morgan part of the reason why we brought morgan on today was to talk about drag and let me just say like i started watching drag race with morgan and we would eat snacks we would chat we would smoke whatever and just like watch drag race and morgan was giving mother vibes being like this is what is the this is the did lowdown. that start like junior year was that no junior that was sophomore year, year. Was sophomore it year. was sophomore year and morgan was like listen oh, baby i know this season year. order we need because you you don't want to just start with season one because you might not be you also couldn't access season one i actually wasn't able to watch seasons one and two until i went to singapore and i watched we were only there when i was in melbourne i studied abroad and then i visited singapore for like our spring break and um it was available on netflix there so seasons one and two i binged in like two days two three days because i needed to watch them because they were the two i hadn't seen yet yeah but i had to watch them in singapore Damn, I feel like I remember that. Like, but you also, I feel like you also were like, even if they were right. available, you would still want to start with like, it was either like three or four or four or five because those queens on those seasons mm. really just like set the precedent for what it meant to be like an iconic drag race right. contestant. I think it's probably four. Four is when it's really like, oh yeah, we're watching drag race. And then five is like the way, I don't remember who said it on All Stars 2, but it was like, well, season four set us up, and then season five knocked it out of the park. And that's, like, yeah. the real gag. Season four put us on the map. Yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. And season three, I like season three, too. Like, I'm yeah. not going to discredit season three. I yeah, like season three. I mean, three. Raja. Right. Yeah. So many, actually. Manila. So. Shanji again. Shanji. Manila? Yeah, Manila was on that's season right. three. Yeah. Delta Work. Tammy Brown. Work. Tammy. I think. No, Tammy, Tammy was, was season one. Was she one? She was either one or two because she had the bad filter. You're right. No, you're totally right. <laughs> I'm thinking of All Stars 1 when they were all together. Ah, uh, yes. Because she said, teleport me to Mars. Okay, Teletubby, teleport okay. me to Mars. <laughs> oh, my God. Untucked, a whole nother beast. A whole nother beast. But to provide just even more context on that, like, I, if I, like, I think Drag Race is such an important piece of media, and there's plenty of people who don't watch it. There's plenty of people who like used to watch it don't watch it anymore because it's changed so much or they're just getting into it and for me and my understanding of sexuality gender just being yourself completely transformed the way that i look at everything and like i had not been going to drag shows when i was like younger before college and then started going to drag shows pretty much like after watching drag race and then learning about the difference between like drag race drag and people who are actually in the clubs doing drag and then how it 
is so inspired by the ball scene and like Mm -hmm. all the different ways that queer history has become what it is and the influence of black trans women, drag queens, drag kings, drag just performers, anybody who is expressing themselves creatively. And that like, so just thank you for like being my friend that was like, that I watched Drag Race with like a truly amazing queer experience and if and if you don't watch drag race no tea no shade but like you're missing out yeah i think especially like the yeah i the younger seasons i actually am in the camp of i was watching drag race religiously and now i do not watch it so much anymore yeah i just got tired rupaul was really giving us like three seasons a year and like that was too many for me. My my brain could not keep up. So I think the last like season I fully saw all the way through was actually like season ten. And I've seen like All Stars three and four wow. though. But I like I kept up with the All Stars. I didn't watch this new season though. I know who won, but it was so good. The All Winners. All Winners was so good. It was just like every queen at their best. Right. I do think they were a little too nice. Like <laughs> nobody went home. So. Right they could have been more honest when the queens were struggling, I thought. But there's that whole notion of trying to spread positivity and like not ruin people's brand as well. I did actually watch a TikTok where somebody on the season, can't remember who, um, said that like, no, they went in, they went in, they just didn't. They edited it uh, out. Yeah, exactly. They just didn't televise that. So they were were getting real feedback. It just wasn't feedback that was televised, like you said, so that we're not ruining brands and like, You know, because and I think the queens were probably like, girl, I already came up here. I already listened to you. Read me for filth. (laughs) Like, I want people to see why I am great. I don't want them to focus on where I may have fell short in a competition on a reality TV show that doesn't really like it's not the same as what you're going to see and get in a bar or a club. It's not exactly. Yes. There's so much that is in Drag Race. Um, no, I'm going to reverse that, actually. There's so much in the real drag scene that is not shown on Drag Race. And, you know, that's yeah. partly why I stopped watching. Because yeah. I got into the scene and I started to see, like, whoa, this is, like, so much bigger than Drag Race. And then I started to, like, see some of the critiques as a little, like, mm, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't love that critique of your version of drag. Because there are plenty of people who have different versions of that who are still doing drag very mm-hmm. validly and excellently, but because they don't fit into like the box of Michelle Visage's yeah. perception of drag, it's like you're not, you don't look like a woman, so you're not doing drag, which yeah. is false. And I didn't love that narrative being uh-huh. pushed. Thankfully, that has like subsided. I think that's good. Drag Race, the judges have gotten more lenient on what drag is because the community responded online they were like no one wants to hear your opinion about what drag is because the point of drag is that it's whatever you make it right and the other thing like they were perpetuating like ideas of unrealistic femininity like them the little small waist with the big big hips and busty busty like that's harmful not only to like the drag community, to people who are just trying to live their life doing drag, making the little tip on a Thursday night, but also to women and to people who want to be perceived as feminine, to be told by like RuPaul on television, like that's not feminine, that feels not right. But I'm glad to know 
that they are making changes, which I have noticed in later seasons, even the yeah. ones that I watched. Yeah. Because I know they had a whole, like, transphobic era. They did. Which was not it. But I'm hearing they, that they've they gotten a little better about that. Yeah. I think, the sh- like, that's what I think keeps it relevant and just reminds you, like, whatever you issue you've had with someone like RuPaul fracking uh, (laughs) (laughs) or yes fucking Bob and and Peppermint (laughs) is it fashion though? is it fashion? but like that being said Ru has created an industry right and queens I see now are less likely to be critical of Ru in the same way because I think Ru has shown that she can look at what she might have gotten wrong and mm-hmm. try and adjust. I mean, changing it from May the Best Woman win to May the Dress Best Drag Queen win. Oh. Uh, so, I mean, TBD to when we get drag performer and there's drag kings and right. we really get the revamp. But I think I think that Ru is... She's, she's changing it for the better. And it's, it's, it's good. Yeah, I would love to see drag kings on the show because I know, like... Kings who I am friends with, they're like, yeah, I'll never be on Drag Race, but, and that's, I think, something, you know, since I started watching Drag Race, the industry, I like that you brought that up, because that is fully what it is now, like, has fully, like, kaboomed into this crazy thing, and, like, it's a little disheartening, honestly, to be in the community and seeing, like, queens I know from LA, like, the LA scene getting on Drag Race and then being propelled into something otherworldly to people who know they wouldn't even be considered to be on drag race because they're not a drag queen. Well, I think this is like a good uh, place to intercept and ask like Morgan, what yes. is your relationship to drag? That's a really big question. Thank you for asking. Of course. Um, I'm at a point at this moment in my life that I actually don't know the answer to that question. Um, my relationship with drag has evolved so much since I started. I started in 2018. Um, yeah, and I started at the USC drag show, mostly because Shangela was gonna be a judge. And I was like, well, I'm not gonna pass up the opportunity to perform in front of Shangela. And I'm like, so grateful for the experience, not only because, you know, that was really excellent. And Shangela did say, hallelujah, you're a performer, baby, which are words I will literally never forget. Um, but also because it launched this entire different avenue of performing for me and just a whole different facet of my life. Because I met so many people doing drag that I really love. And like, I love to be able to go into, I don't know what this is about me, but I love to be able to go into like clubs and know the performers and they like know me by name and we're just chatting like that to me is like ooh, I love this <laughs> but um it started 2018 and I was like a baby king doing literally the most all the time I was rehearsing my numbers daily um yeah and I didn't really explore what drag meant to me identity wise for a few years I kind of just described if you had asked 2018 2019 me like well like what is this I would say it's this like other entity that lives inside me and comes out when I put on Rob's face and I oh my drag name is Robert Morgans which is a little flip script of my name Morgan Roberts in the words of peppermint gender flip flip the script okay moving on I call him Rob um, because we're friends and I really considered him as like this whole other side of me like a Hannah Montana moment 
mm-hmm. is really the best way to describe it. It was a so it was moment. it was like a part of you, but it was just like the other side of you. The other side, the other <laughs> side, exactly. All roads lead back. It's a Hannah Montana. Yeah. Um, yes, I would say so, and I like kind of considered it as like, well, when the first time I performed, fully blacked out. I fully blacked out because I was just like excited, the energy. Yeah. I was up on the stage. I had rehearsed it for a month, so I knew what I was doing. And when I wasn't like just letting me do what I need to do, the first like few lyrics, I'm fully in my head. And I was like, oh no, that wasn't the right dance move. And then I said, you know what? Like, I've been doing this for months. Let me just do it. And then then I blacked out. <laughs> but you ate that death ate. drop. You oh, literally yeah. Oh, le- yeah. Morgan learned how to death drop. I surely did. Before Fortnite had it as an emote. <laughs> ah! Did you know that? No, I didn't. I'm not on Fortnite. <laughs> I I don't have Fortnite either, but I saw that on TikTok and some of my uh. friends play it. And so they showed it to me and it's cunt. It really is. But Dude. I just say that as like that's such like a staple of drag performing now because right. it's the gag, the gaganometry of it all. Totally. And you started out and you were like I'm gonna learn this like it's like the elements of the fundamental elements of voguing or something or like ball ballroom you were like oh this is a fundamental element I'm gonna learn it I'm gonna do it and then you served it on the stage and it was just like it was just like one of those moments I was just like as your friend I was like you did that like I knew you before you could death drop it now you could death drop (laughs) yeah I did um I did because I went into it and I was like I'm a drag king but I'm gonna be able to do I want to be able to do anything a drag queen can do. That's kind yeah. of the way I went into it. And I was yeah. like, nobody is going to be able to like take anything away from me because I'm a king because I can do everything a drag queen does. It's like the reverse glass ceiling. Right. Like. <laughs> the reverse glass ceiling, yes. And I would like to just, you know, pat myself on the back a little, toot my own horn, toot toot. I dip, death drop while singing live. That yeah. was what I did. <laughs> Yeah, I was ambitious. That was my first performance ever. And I said, I'm going to sing live. I'm going to have choreography. I'm going to whip out a pride flag. And I'm also going to death drop while singing live. And that's how you stand out from the crowd, baby. And I really like, I kind of attributed that to like Rob's tenacity. And a lot of the shit that I did on stage, I said shit. So sorry. I don't we, know if you're going to bleep can, it. We can curse. We've fully been saying cunt. Oh, you know, you're right. Yeah. yeah. We should it's really, okay. We should really get a parental advisory situation. We have an explicit right. on our... Okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> well, then I can say whatever I want. Great. Um, yeah, like... And I lost my train of thought. What was I saying? You were saying you... Um, it was due to Rob's tenacity. Yes. So a lot of like what I was doing on stage and just like how I was presenting myself, I ended up attributing to Rob... And I was like, oh, that's Rob. Well, that's Rob. And I didn't really kind of put the two together, which it seems so like, why wouldn't you put the two together? It's you, clearly. But I really separated myself from my drag persona for a really long time. And it wasn't until my partner put together a project um, where they wanted to like delve into the idea of alter egos that I really, and my friend Lorelai was putting together a, I think it was a school project and they both interviewed me about my drag persona like what it meant to me and i was like i mean i'm I'm a performer like rob is a performer that's like the gag and and then i started to realize like oh wait rob's like the part of me yes it is a part of me that came out in drag but it was a lot of stuff that i had like suppressed over the years like masculinity being messy being macabre and morbid like some of the music that i like in middle school and high school would like listen to really like in the closet 
no pun intended um I would really like hide all that away and those were the stuff I was like performing to on stage so it was kind of like opening up the closet and letting all of that out and you know being able to pair my masculinity and then challenging myself to also tie in femininity with it and that sort of brought me to my gender queer conclusion I said well Recently, I've been sort of incorporating what I would consider to be drag, my drag persona, into my music and like how I perform as a musician. So that's why I'm like, I don't really know where I'm at with drag right now. I would love to perform again, I think. I'm just tired these days. No, I get it. I get it. You know, getting gigs is getting gigs, it's work. So, how you were saying like how you've been like working some of your drag persona into like, your gender identity Mm -hmm. would you say that like drag has really informed how you think of your gender like how you um identify i think so i i really do think so because i like through exploring my masculine like i said like that's when i started to really embrace my feminine and i wouldn't have done that like i feel like i would have just been i would have just been sort of floating as i would say like in a space where i was like i don't really know where i fit like there's a reason for that because I don't fit in either of those boxes so to be able to like that's why I like gender queer it's you know or gender fluid it's really like fluid I bounce right like dude literally same like I had a very similar journey where I did I was doing music that I would also sing just like to myself like I did can't be tamed Miley Cyrus Mm -hmm. And that for me was living through my childhood trauma of just like hating myself. And this was this was when you were performing drag, right? This is when because I also did the USC drag show the year after Morgan and like such similar journey. And I I think Mm -hmm. queer people can go on similar journeys where drag like I was able to embrace femininity. Right. And it had such an interesting like effect on me where then I started accepting and exploring my masculinity because when I went all the way over I was Mm -hmm. like oh fuck like this is insane this is great but then I started feeling disconnected from my masculinity and it just goes to show that those energies are always present and always interacting with each other and you can't just forego one or the other like but being able to understand what makes you feel true safe confident Mm -hmm. and being able to go in and out or apply different aspects of it like for me in my everyday life like i'm not trying to wake up and do drag every day like i i was i was like do i want to like do drag and like perform but like for me it's too much to try and do that all the time but it led me to a place where now i can incorporate makeup looks whatever in my idea of style and everything just changed and expanded because it stopped being about dressing in a way that I felt like others would accept me and instead it's like Mm. what am I saying what do I want to say do I want to say anything and just like going from there because in drag if you don't have a perspective it's going to be a trash bag (laughs) well that's that's actually something I'd love to talk about is like Morgan what was your evolution with makeup with drag Mm. because as a drag king Mm -hmm. I feel like it's probably a different experience than totally. a drag queen, but I, but I'd love to hear more about know, it. I don't know how like diff- I mean the way I do my drag makeup is definitely different. I would say um, I go on the way I like to put it is like you have drag performers that are more like Trixie and drag performers are more like Katya with their makeup. Trixie puts on a whole different face, 
Katya accentuates what she's already got. So I fall in more like the Katya camp of like, mostly because I am not a makeup artist. I, so in middle school, makeup was sort of forced upon me as like, you have to do this for like dances and like, otherwise you're not like girly enough. And you know, so I sort of had like a really like complicated relationship with makeup for a while. And anytime I put it on, I would feel like, I would feel fake. Like I feel like a fraud. Like I was like, mm, this, it just didn't feel like me. Um, and then I started doing drag and I was like, mm, I'm not going to be good at this. Like I knew going in that I was going to be good at it, but you know, you gotta like embrace the fact that you're going to be bad at something before you can be any yes. type of good at yes. it. <laughs> so I went with that. And like the first time I did drag, I actually had my friend who was good at makeup do it. And then I was like, I should probably be able to do my own makeup if I'm really going to do this. So I watched a bunch of like videos on, uh, Instagram and YouTube and I like, this is when I really delved into like the drag community and I followed literally as many drag kings as I could find on Instagram at the time. So I was just kind of, didn't matter where they were, didn't matter what kind of drag they did. I was just trying to follow kings because I felt like a solidarity with drag kings because I was mm-hmm. also, I still am also a drag king. So I was like, this is a community I didn't even know existed until I got into it. Mm-hmm. So I'm feeling like I need to be in this community. And so that's where I was like, all right, so we do have drag kings who are more in the Trixie camp and drag kings who are more in the Katya camp got it so you know watch like a video of like this is how you do this and I was like bet so then I just kind of started doing it for myself and I would say like I definitely lean more to like the lighter side when it comes to makeup for sure yeah but I didn't like putting on makeup until I started putting on masculine makeup makeup to masculinize myself yeah so I think like that's really interesting to me because I if you would ask me before I started drag will you ever wear makeup I'd probably say like no But because I learned how to more masculinize my face, I was like, I like this a lot more than what everybody else is trying to do with makeup. I think it's interesting because I feel like in the mainstream media, when people talk about drag, drag queens are at the forefront. Right. So, I mean, like, I'd love to hear more about, like, your experience in the drag community as a drag king, how you found your lane within the community and also if you ever face like any type of adversity being a drag king versus being a drag queen um i mean not from the community i would say oh are you gonna say i i was gonna say as your friend who was observing and just like seeing what it was like for you as a drag king Mm -hmm. i definitely feel like I remember like some some like I don't know how to describe it like drag kings or if you were like putting on an event with um, other people and because you had like a production company or you had one and they would like want queens more so than kings is that is that accurate or am I like jumbling no I totally I totally know what you mean um I would say so. It feels sometimes, and I'm not saying this about every show, of course. The ones I put on, my, like, my, and it's just, like, anything I do in life, anytime I put any kind of show on or, like, anytime there's a platform I can use, my goal is to, like, amplify voices and performers that are underserved and, like, who don't always get the same opportunity as, you know, white queens. Um, And, yeah, like, I have, I've been the token king at a show. And it's fine. Like, I'm I'm still performing. There's no tea. Like, I think there's a difference in perception between the community and 
the audiences. So I think that might be where it's stemming from is that people know that people will show up for Queens. But I've been at shows where like people get disinterested when I go on or like I've been at a brunch where there's one king on the stage and like people aren't I watch people tip less and it's that's disheartening. And I think also partly why I kind of like backed off a little because I was a little tired of like constantly comparing myself to Queens, even though like and that's like uh, frustrating because in the community from my experience, like, drag queens were so, like, awesome about me being a king. They were like, oh, fuck yeah, like, you're a drag king, that's awesome. Like, I felt like part of the community, like, I was part of the family, which I, that was, like, my favorite part of drag was definitely, like, feeling that community. Um, But absolutely, like, it really depended on where you performed if the audience was gonna, you know, receive you well, which is frustrating. But, I mean, as a drag performer, you kind of just gotta, like, go and do it because I feel like that's kind of the MO with drag, like, Truly, some people will go to drag shows just to gawk at you. Like, straight girlies will bring their moms, and the moms are like, oh my god, what's going on? Like, just for shock factor. And I think that's kind of, like, built into being a drag performer, but it's always a little, you know, tougher when you're facing something else. And I would also like to say, like, with a grain of salt, because I am a white performer, so, you know, I'm always aware of that in any space I go into. Um, Yeah. So it's always just important for like people to be putting out not only like drag kings, but also like drag kings and drag performers of color as well. Because I see sometimes at shows where it's like all white queens and it's like, okay. And they basically do like the same number. They have the same looks. Yeah, I, I think that was season seven. <laughs> <laughs> no, facts. How do you see your relationship with drag transforming in the future? and? are there i know this is like probably a big question but like are there like any structural changes within the drag industry that you feel like need to be implemented in order for there to be a more sustainable and positive way of doing drag so you want me to write an essay right now (laughs) (laughs) um honestly uh the last show i did was literally this time last year so i can't speak to what the community and the space and the gigs look like right now i know from like my experience last year and prior to the coronavirus um it was i mean some of it was network based um some of it was like you show up and you ask for a slot and they'll give you a slot i think there is a lot of that still which is awesome but um t you show up anywhere in drag it probably puts you somewhere right anywhere (laughs) um but yeah i don't really know what we could do structurally i think like definitely like promoters of any kind of any variety i also mean like i guess like the perception like how you guys were talking about like with rupaul like really put a king on the show yeah do you (laughs) do you think that it would be of any service to have like a drag race, but for drag kings only. And I feel like the answer to this is no, because that's just like separating it. And then, yeah, but I'm curious. Cause like there's Dragula for like the horror genre specifically, because that's such an like, it's something that I don't think mainstream would get into every episode if it was horror like that it's giving like fear factor drag but i but it but i think that separating it is just like i don't know so i'm curious like as a drag king what you think well i mean i like 
I love Dragula. I um, I would also like if I was better at makeup, I would consider myself like really like a horror king. Like that's really where I feel like my lane is. I love spooky, like all that. And I'm gonna give Dragula credit where it's due. They're the first like televised, quote unquote, um, drag competition to crown a king, Landon Sider. Which I didn't get that that was a pun for like the first year or two of knowing who Landon Sider was. Landon Sider. Land inside her. All right, everyone. <laughs> there it is for you. Land inside her. Land inside her. Like, land inside her. Correct. I had no idea until I this moment. I love how subtle it is. Like, it's such a creative name to be like, literally for people to go years not knowing that that. And then when they get it, because when I got it, I was like, <gasps> wild. Anyway, right? Wild. And Dragula also puts on non binary performers, which I think is also like a whole other game you know i think it should just be drag yes like drag race it's already got the name it's not drag queen race race. you're right and i think that is probably the best way to affect that sort of change which i think there will be resistance um but you know we meet resistance with persistence and just constantly be like fighting for this um mostly because of the platform rupaul has created it's not like it's not like she couldn't do that isn't it like she's always like well it's my show so I'm going to do what I want. Like, that's the whole thing. So do it, RuPaul. I dare you. <laughs> well, I think we have to wrap up in a minute, but... But we could literally talk about this... Forever. Forever. Yes. But yeah, Morgan... We'll talk about drag again. We we will. Uh, we'd like to ask you our closer question, which is, what does it mean to you to be formerly straight? And an addendum, if you don't feel like you were ever or anything of that nature, let us know that vibe, too. Because we have run into this question and being like, how how does it feel to be formally straight? And people are like, I've never been that way. Right, 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 right. Well, okay. Love this question. So I'm going to get into it. So I'm sort of of the camp, like, once I look back on it, I really don't think I was straight. My earliest queer memory is not realizing it was queer was I was, like, four or five years old. So, like, it's been, like, we've been out here. And if I had had the facility to understand what queerness was, I probably would have gotten the clue a little earlier. But I still think, like, I kind of knew pretty early. Like, I think I was, like, 11 or 12 when I was like I'm not straight which I like kind of young yeah um, thank you pretty little liars for giving me <laughs> Maya and Emily <laughs> no for real that was one of the first gay relationships that I ever saw on it was television. my gay awakening baby oh my gosh I <laughs> love that but what I think was really happening was that I and many queer people were suffering from compulsory heterosexuality oh I want to do a whole yeah. episode on compulsory heterosexuality okay. I think it's so interesting yeah just like the assumption that I'm straight just because that's what's to be assumed. Compulsory heterosexuality. So, yeah. I think I was queer for a while. So... That's what it means to me, I guess. That I have been queer, but it took, like, breaking through that compulsory heterosexuality and seeing queer representation to really be like, oh, I have been queer. Yes. Well, thank you so much for sharing. Mm. Yeah, thank you for being up here. Thanks for having me. This is a lot of fun. And you can follow Morgan. Morgan, do you want to share all your socials? So on most of the socials, I'm Morgan Roberts 2. If you want to follow my drag account on Instagram, that's Robert Moore 2. I made it easy. 
Um, yeah, and then my TikTok is MorganRob13. Amazing. Thank you so oh. much for coming on the pod, Morgan. Yeah. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Go follow, get into what Morgan's got. And, and that's, that's our, our time. time.